0: Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode, final episode of 2022 for the Street Hockey Life podcast. Um, today, it's just going to be me and Dan going over uh, what it was like running in a half marathon for the two of us, as well as sort of recapping our rink ceremony that we had back in uh, early November. Time just keeps going by fast. Some of the progress we made on it. And if we have time, maybe Dan will chat about his uh, back, backyard rink that he's going to be building. So, yeah. Um, as always, it's it's a, it's a pleasure to be talking to everybody. Like I said, it'll be our last podcast of the year. So we wish you all a happy holiday season. And um, next upcoming, next year, we got a lot of people coming on, um, talking about ball hockey across the, uh, you know, especially down in New Jersey with Scott Tarzi, who's going to be talking about um, growing the game as far as how they have a high school level and all that things, all those sort of ideas and um, hopefully more, more places around the country, we'll start having high school ball hockey. Um, but anyway, we'll get into it. Dan, how are you, buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, I think um, obviously what we're trying to do is still keep up to date, you know, with street hockey life, things like that. But as you get into the winter, uh, you get into hockey and things like that. But, you know, our goal is to have our listeners and people keep up with any tournaments that are coming up and things like that. So sometime in January, um, you know, we'll talk about any tournaments that are coming up. I think most of the time with COVID and things like that, things have gotten better, but there's been some interesting ones that our team has even sent to us that we're not sure if they're going to have, like there was supposed to be one in Key West in Florida that I'd like to plan a trip around. Um, But you know those things. Some things are more up in the air. There's also, I think, uh, Kyle, you had sent me the uh, the Bermuda um, <laughs> yeah. Facebook page. Although I think all they had done was updated their picture or something like that. But there's a a really cool rink in Bermuda that there's a tournament there that hasn't been in a few years because of COVID. And even myself, I looked at the protocols. Even if you want to go to Bermuda, independent of Uh, street hockey it's like you have to still quarantine for x amount of days so it's challenging to go there and stuff which then makes you know travel there for ball hockey difficult and stuff like that but um anyway i digress in terms of um (laughs) keeping people up to date with tournaments but you know there's a lot of cool ones out there that also bring travel into into play which is exciting
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the Bermuda, just so for people's reference, I mean, the Bermuda rink actually sparked some uh, ideas for uh, for our rink. Um, some ideas that probably are a couple of years away. But uh, either way, Bermuda, I mean, I'd love to go there and participate in one of those tournaments or at least watch. I, I know a couple of years ago, you and I have watched on YouTube. We watched the, the Masters that the ISBHF hosted there, uh, the Masters tournament. But uh, there have been, you know... We haven't really had a chance to talk about this, but there has been ball hockey being played. Uh, I know Cool Hockey has had some events recently. Um, they had the Holiday Bash recently, and uh, that was this past weekend, which was uh, down in down in Philadelphia again at that rink that that I played at with with the uh, team Orlando. And there'll be, I think, the next one up is the is the. I want to say it's the bye week that they have during Super Bowl, and then and then we start really getting into the bigger tournaments next year, like the North Americans, the Club Championship, things like that. So, um, yeah, this is sort of that little bit of a little bit of downtime, which is good. But um, you did mention you did mention our rank. You want to sort of talk a little bit about the the ceremony first and how how that went and what your impressions were of that day a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'll start with the idea that obviously, you know, we're a team that, you know, we're we uh, we work really hard to run, you know, a good program and in a nonprofit, and and we work really hard, and then also to then be tasked with putting together, a shovel ceremony for one of our big donors, uh, Mr. Coolidge. It was also a very interesting experience for us. You know, it was this idea of uh, how do you do something that's small. You know, fairly elegant, but gives people a way to not have to stay too long, but they also get the message across um, and accommodate everybody in a way that it's as professional as possible, but as laid back. And I felt like everything went... um, better than i really could have imagined i think we weren't sure exactly if people would be standing in front of a camera talking to (laughs) nobody or if people would be you know and 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 it ended up really nice and clean where people came together where you know we got uh you know the amp by you know uh david tucker and things like that and then we had a really good flow between speeches and i think it was just a really good way it was obviously good um it really helped us even from donations there was a decent amount of ones that rolled in from uh just people probably seen it on Facebook and even Senator Tar sharing his speech so there was a lot of really good uh press that came out of it and it was exciting to obviously see the uh the you know the, the development of the rink that had taken place so uh it was it was a really good experience you know personally and for our team.
0: It was a, it was an interesting day. I mean, for me, and um, this is, you know, from, from, you know, sharing, you know, what you just shared to, um, as you, as you mentioned it, the insight into what that took was just to paint a little bit of a picture on this is that, you know, you and I had talked a little bit about, you know, how are we going to run this? Are you going to speak? Am I going to speak? What's the order? Little things like that. Um, and then getting chairs for the ceremony because we did have some of our older um, supporters are, you know, you don't want to be sitting for 30 minutes. And and then uh, and, and to your point, Danny, I didn't know how many people were coming either. I didn't know if there was going to be five people. I mean, the paper quoted that there was about 60 people there, which it didn't seem like 60, but I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll take that. Um, but from, from my perspective, it was actually a very, very stressful week planning for that because I, I wanted to make sure that politicians got a chance to say what they need to say. And, and we wanted to really focus on the people that are making it happen. So I was really, really impressed with with the turnout. But again, that was a pretty stressful week. And, you know, one quick story, I ended up going to pick up the chairs on, on Saturday morning with, with, with Aaron, and I went in there and um, the guy the guy of course knew who our dad was and it's like, Oh, you got, you guys are building the rink right there. And I'm like, yeah, we're going up there right now to have a little ceremony. And my, my comment to him was, you know, I'd rather be coaching than doing this. I, I really, as much as I sometimes can do public speaking sometimes. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I still was a uncomfortable uh, thing for me. And, and, but what, what was really interesting, and I don't know how you feel about this, is that when – and anybody's welcome to watch it. It's on our Facebook page right now. You can actually go watch the entire ceremony, which if you're really that bored, I guess, go take a look at it. <laughs> Maybe. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's not, it's, not very, it's not very exciting by any means. But, I, you know, we talk a lot about the vision of Young Legends, why we do what we do. And, y- you know, I think what I'm trying to say here is that we – a lot of people don't really know – the they don't really know the extent of what ball hockey and you know street hockey is um, and what the game is. And um, what we noticed is is like Los of Daily Times had shared the ceremony online and I thought the Glossier Times did a great job of like talking about how some kids are some of our players help raise money, which was awesome. Just to show that, you know, this isn't just about a bunch of adults trying to put something together. It is. It truly is for the youth of, of our communities. And one of the things that I noticed is that we had one of the most liked posts. We also had a lot of nice comments It was shared a bunch of times. And I think it's really people are very interested and seeing a project like this because it's so unique you don't really you don't see a lot of deck or ball hockey rinks around especially in our area but um you know one of the comments that I always I always laugh or find comical and I totally understand it it's why do you need a street hockey rink you can just play street hockey in a driveway and you know for the for the rest of the ball hockey community that probably you know you could a lot of us know what the game entails. You know, you have a blue line, you have a red line, you play floating blue, you maybe you play touch up, whatever you're playing. And for me, it's sort of like, we're in a world where nobody understands that street hockey has like their own rules. Uh, You know, like when you tell people that you have a team of 20 guys playing street hockey, they look at you like, wow i would only expect 5 to 10 guys playing on a team you know what i mean so, <laughs> so it's it's just like we're we're bringing in this facility that is it's actually very interesting and exciting to look at and view but at the same time there's people that are still questioning like why can't you just play street hockey on a ba- on a basketball court and it's like well you can but we're talking about you know bringing a new generation to the game in our in our hometown which is which i think is pretty cool and i think people will appreciate it once you see it in person and, um, um, there are a bunch of, there's going to be some pictures coming out on Facebook of the progression, um, that's, that's being put together now. And it's just really cool to see it go from a basketball court to now it's basically a, I don't know how you want to describe it, Danny, but, uh, uh, like I said, it, it was an it was a very special day for me. Um, just walking. Yeah, I mean, even now, if you go up there, it's different from what we saw on that day too. It's, it's night and day and it's, it's coming along very nicely. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I was blown away by the, by the support of, of that, of that ceremony that day. And I appreciated Erin. She spent a lot of time, you know, spray painting the shovels to make them look gold. And, you know, there there was a lot to it. There was a, there was a lot to it that I don't think people realized. And, um, you know, so, so there's a lot of credit, but,
1: um, well, yeah. And I think one of the big takeaways, at least too, that we tried to hammer home during the ceremony. And then in general, is that, and i guess it could go both ways but i think overall the fact that it's a private organization raising money to then give something back to the town um you know should help people understand how to qualify the project because i'm sure they could be like oh you know where am i why is the city putting in a random thing and where are my taxpayer dollars going and stuff and um, and, and, and hopefully it's a positive where they're like, oh, you know, there's a, you know, that's crazy. There's a different, an organization taking it upon themselves to try to give back something very cool to the community. Um, and, you know, that was something that, you know, we can, you know, the, I think the more outreach, the better so that people understand that is a big aspect of this rink. Um, and that's why it's such a major undertaking. It's not like the city, you know, has given us money and, and and funds to go and build whatever we want and stuff. We've been given kind of carte blanche to do what we want to do, but it's with the yes, understanding that you know we we're the, the general contractor, the fundraiser. You know, we wear a lot of different
0: hats. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes too many. I mean, I I I I oftentimes you know, not that anybody would probably find this interesting, but I mean, I oftentimes wish that we could have a Someone documenting all the things that all the conversations that we've had, sort of like just some of the day to day experiences that we've had during this process. You and I talking on Monday mornings for an hour about what what the week holds, all those different things have, have made a difference. But, you know, I when I first stepped onto the cleared, uh, on, the, on the, when we had that ceremony, when I first stepped onto what was going to be what it is now, it's basically a, it's not even a pad, it hasn't been paved yet. Sorry, I don't know. Having a picture to speak to, but just seeing it, if you stand in the middle of where the rink will be and you look to one end, it almost looks like I've, I've said this before to you, but it almost looks like an infinity pool. Because on the other side, down below is a baseball field and there's this nice hill that kids slide off in the summertime, excuse me, the wintertime. It just looks like you're standing on just an infinity pool. It's like an infinity pool where you're just looking out and it just drops off. So it's a really, really cool – it's a really, really cool site where you can see, you know, the river. And then, of course, you have a clear shot view of the ocean to your right. Here here I am describing it to you with no picture. (laughs) Um, It's a pretty pretty special location. Um, And, you know, it seems like people are excited for it. I mean, um, talking to Mike Nacella, who's our contractor, I mean, people literally stop and start video – recording him, as he does his work <laughs> <on> him. <laughs> so i don't know what that means but uh but it's 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 been it's been very exciting and um we do have a long way to go we get a bunch of money to raise i mean um this is definitely not a like you had mentioned i don't think people realize that it is a private organization that's you know bringing this to to reality um so but yeah, I mean, what what was your take when you la- after the half marathon? What was your take when you went up there and looked at it? I mean, what was what was your impressions? Again, it's not even a rink; it's just a it's I don't, what do you call it? It's a site. It's not even it's not a rink. <laughs> no yeah, I
1: mean, I think I think so. Yeah, before the half marathon with the shovel ceremony, I think was kind of the biggest change because it was oh wow, we had to you know you don't even realize even as much as you know we 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 designed the whole project. much the site work, you know, we actually went, you know, lower. Um, and and I think what I try to tell people too is that it looks like it went really wide. So some of the feedback was, you know, this is going to affect the dog park. And but people don't realize or remember that, you know, a rink is on a radius. So really the whole thing is going to be cut down and there's going to be really a lot more space and a beautiful path. So even though it looks like a giant rectangle, you can kind of envision a slender oval inside of it, which then helps know why they went all the way to the corner and things like that. So it looks, you know, um like this giant stadium or where this big thing's gonna go in, which it is going to be big, but I think it's still like a a good size, you know, for the area. And it's not like some monstrosity and stuff. So but I think after the half marathon, really the biggest adjustment it was just kind of what you were talking about, even just the buildup of how much really where the, a lot of the expenses of the project is, which is building up a part of the land. You know, talking about outdoor rinks and this yeah. idea of things need to be level, otherwise you have a huge slope on one end. It's like literally that's your problem where you have to like build it up in order for it to be level. And um, it would have been nice to almost be there to see every, you know, the, the it reminds you of like, this is probably a dated reference, but like, you know, Die Hard with a Vengeance where they use all of those dump trucks because they're take their they look like they're doing construction but they're actually taking all of the gold bricks out of Fort Knox and and driving them across the city. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen that. Oh, that's like one of the best ones. Um, <laughs> I do. you know, because there's this, there's one which is obviously a classic which sometimes people I think falsely classify. I don't know what your opinion is, but I don't a lot of people look at Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Yeah. I don't yeah. really qualify it necessarily as that. But then you have Die Hard 2, which I think is someone that I've never even seen. And then you have Die Hard with a vengeance, which is technically Die Hard 3. But that one's really good because it's like Hans Gruber's brother <laughs> or something <laughs> that comes back and basically <laughs> has Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson on a wild goose chase all around New York basically solving riddles and puzzles and stuff
0: that one and I they're really seen.
1: just sending the nypd you know or i don't even know if it's in new york it's been so long since i've seen that movie it could be chicago for all i know you know i think it is and they way. go all, you know they go all over the place and <laughs> they're really just distracting them and stuff um
0: yeah. but no, no for sure. i mean it's funny you bring that up Danny because my tradition is is i do watch die hat every christmas <laughs> so it is <laughs> it's on my list of movies to watch in the next couple of days uh yeah. it's so funny because for some reason i it, it, you're right it's not really i mean why do people say it's christmas because i think he's there on new year's excuse me i keep saying new year's i don't know what my deal is with that but it's he's there on christmas eve to see his wife yeah and I, you know that's the premise but yeah i for some reason well i
1: understand I'm, the reference because i think of, you know i right. do in that in the same vein i do classify harry potter movies as christmas time movies because like they celebrate christmas in most of the movies and it's usually pretty festive and stuff so you know they do
0: seem to split it up in harry potter that's true So yeah
1: you know that's you know sometimes what i try to watch or whatever but yeah
0: so i mean I, i think aaron aaron watched one of the i told you about this one of the diehards recently one of the newer ones where he um and I forget the other main character. I, uh, clearly, I didn't watch it, but it's, it's this <laughs> idea of this cyber attack and like everything shuts down, and kind of an interesting movie, you know, where everything's connected to, you know, if you had a cyber attack where everything's controlled by computers. But anyway, as always, we digress. But I'm a I'm a big yeah. fan. Of, I'm a big fan of Die Hard on, on Christmas, <laughs> no doubt. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, and what we what we've learned is is even our preparation when it when it comes to the rank is that. There's still a lot of questions that we're still solving as we go. A lot of it has to do with the site work, which is not my area of expertise. I'm learning a lot about, you know, we had a meeting today about where the lights are going and, you know, how the lights actually, you know, different soil compositions, things things like that, that I would never even think about when building a rink. So this has been a very, very steep, steep learning curve because most people think, right, you just, oh, you need boards and tile and you know, you're, you're good to go. Uh, but the, our site's really unique because we did have to build it up to make it even and level. And like I said, you're putting in, you're putting in lights. And as you mentioned, we're, we're kind of like, we wear multiple hats where we are the GC, but then we have a contractor that's telling us where we need. And it's just been an amazing project. And um, I think if we were ever to build another rink, uh, we would very, very much simplify this process. <laughs> very much simplify it too. You know, because it's, like I said, it's been a learning curve, steep one.
1: Yeah, I think if you look at most rings throughout, you know, New England or, you know, Massachusetts, you know, a lot of them, you know, are like basketball courts. Like in Franklin, it was basically, I, I don't remember if it was just fenced in basketball courts, but basically they raised money to put, you know, boards around it. Yep. And it's kind of a nice in-between. You know, you have boards that you can go shoot around, but it's 100 feet by 30 feet. It's wider than, you know, 130 feet by 100 feet. It's wider than it is long. It only has basketball lines. And um, it was a flat surface, so it wasn't really a lot of money. It was literally just the cost of the boards. Uh, I'm obviously oversimplifying, but in a lot of situations, people have put in, you know, they they've found good areas and they just – throw up boards and they get one smaller investment and then they've got help from the town whereas i think we obviously anyone could say you know you could go with a smaller rink with like these smaller type boards but that's where i think we're trying to show people where ball hockey is at follow standards follow you know sizes and regulations so that you know they could, you know, you could theoretically practice on this, you know, and, and get ready for the Olympics or something because it's, you know, it's at least a version of um, size. I mean, I argue that I think if it gets in the Olympics, it would be a an even bigger rink. But mm-hmm. you know, at least it's a start.
0: Right, right. And when you know, when it comes to when it comes to Glossa too, I think I've I've never really had a chance to publicly say, say this and you know, on our podcast, I can probably share it, you know, the ball hockey community will, will, will understand the benefits of having a, having a, of having a street hockey rink like this. But, you know, when we haven't had to answer many of those questions, like, well, why did you guys choose stage four park and, you know, that location where, you know, all that stuff. And, and, you know, one of the main reasons is obviously that's where the league was born. You know, and I have a special attachment to that. Look, we, we, we all should. I mean, it's where it was the league was born. It's where, you know, but it's also, to me, it's also a special spot where, you know, Yes, many people know, I love the ocean. So it's nice to have a rink. You're, you're blending two of your passions together in some way. That might not make sense. But, you know, when it came to the basketball court, it, it was never any, in my mind, there was never anything like, hey, we're taking a, sport away or anything like that you know what I mean because we just noticed that nobody ever used that basketball court of course the occasional person who was using State's Fort Park for picnics and things like that they come up and shoot a basket around and then they're gone but there hasn't been a league up there and and, you know when we communicated with the basketball community about you know are you guys okay if we put a rink there and there's no more hoops and the the response was for sure because two things it's not to regulation and two it, it's so windy up there, which it is. It's going to be interesting to have street hockey up there in a real rink because I wonder if the boards are going to protect. Um, I, I don't even know if it's going to matter. Again, this goes back to talking to like Corey Wilson about, you know, playing in an indoor versus outdoor facility and those differences. But, uh, you know, they were telling me that with the basketball, you shoot it and it would, the wind would just take it in. And it's not, it's not realistic. So, um but again, I, I I never ever want anybody to think that organization is against basketball because that just was not the case at all. The court was deteriorating, which is why we were able to get the CPA money. For those who don't know, the CPA money is basically it's a it's a grant from your uh, from your state that goes to to the city um, to fix up a park or something like that. So we were awarded a grant like that from from the city of Gloucester, which was really helpful and. You know, and that's the other part of it. When you're using public public money, you wanna make sure that you're you're building the best possible possible facility that people can use. Um but we've got we got a lot of questions coming that for our organization that we're gonna have to answer. And but the good news is is we've started, yeah, we get a lot of money to raise, um, but we're we're moving forward, which is good. So anyway, I I just I've never really shared, you know, why I wanted that location specifically, but a lot of it is is um it's a special spot for our league it's where like i said it's where it where it was born and plus it needed an upgrade i mean nobody can deny that the basketball court was falling apart so um but anyway uh some days i'm just yeah i'm so thrilled and
1: <laughs> wish well, it was yeah, done think,
0: you know you know that yeah i think
1: i mean obviously yeah, it will be a big relief uh for everybody when you know we can you know close the chapter uh to be able to have this built um even though in a lot of ways there's obviously a long road because we're trying to figure out ways to get a version of it built with possibility of more funding in the future but there's some hope too that if it's you know there'll be more money almost as it's with it built or you know um as far as the ancillary things like finishing off the lights and things like that you know sometimes someone can be passionate and say oh you know I'll pay for the lights that kind of happened at my high school. There was a guy that wanted, you know, we never had high, we never had lights at on the field on the football field of Austin prep. We always played Saturday day games.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I remember that. So like
1: some guy wanted to donate a bunch of money and, you know, they, they eventually redid the whole stadium and have lights, which is nice to play
0: Friday night games, like a real football team. So, um, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I thought at one point that wasn't going to happen for that school, but now it, now it does, huh the lights?
1: Yeah, well, I think what happened at least the rumor back in the day was that they always wanted to be like equal, equal donations for all teams. So they, they were highly against um, like even when I played hockey, they had we had fancier buses because one of the you know players' fathers had us travel in fancy buses when we were going all the way to Falmouth for uh, Cape Cod. classic tournament that happened um but then like i think by my senior year we were riding in regular buses because it wasn't fair to say women's hockey or men's lacrosse and things like that that kind of individualized sports so you could kind of understand that side of it where they would only accept donations that would just be okay we can we're going to evenly distribute it across all sports Um, so they were pretty staunch about that um and so i think maybe the guy the rumor i think was that he like wouldn't donate unless it was for the bat for the football stadium but i don't know what ended up happening i just know that they have a nice stadium now
0: yeah i'd I'd like to go i'd like to go back and um potentially see some of these stadiums i mean uh, uh, you know football obviously there's some some really really nice stadiums i mean and again when now when i look at football stadiums or i look at any sort of athletic facility i'm always thinking about (laughs) how do you how do you build something like this i know it's it's, it's just your my my whole mind is sort of changed on (laughs) you know how things are built and um like i said because you know even even when we go to fitchburg we go to Lemonster, um you think about how they built those rinks think about a lot making sure that you know you know we get a rink that's going to be very functional and and be able to handle the the abuse as time goes on, um, but anyway, I will I will ask this do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Now that I think of it, do you have a favorite Christmas movie?
1: Um, it's hard because I would probably say that my default would be like you know the Santa Claus with know, you know Tim Allen
0: classic. Movie
1: but at the, but at the same time, kids. like a close second is kind of like Elf because Elf I felt like for whatever reason it's a movie that like I've always been able to watch. As many times as it's on, and you, for some reason, don't really get sick of it. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, those two movies are good. <laughs> and the one I, Santa Claus 2 just makes me laugh thinking about Cole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i know That's and, that I mean. was
1: kind of ridiculous but it's still a good one you know
0: <laughs> it's it's amazing because now that you know we have kids we want you know we we put on these these movies still that bring back i think it's more of like uh what's the word when you think of nostalgia, nostalgia you thing, know you think yeah. you, it's nostalgic for you so like i agree with you for some reason like
1: yeah Home alone look at, three I, is like that home alone three wasn't a very good movie but <laughs> Like we enjoy it because it was, uh, we grew up with
0: it. We do, we, we did. I mean, like, I, this is this is crazy. I, I do like a lot of Christmas movies, so, so that's why I bring it up real quick. But I do, everybody, this, this is like just so crazy for me. Whenever I watch Home Alone, you know, because we, we, you know, the, the girls and I and, and Aaron, what we do is Connor and Lana, they don't care so much about watching Christmas movies on like a Friday night. Most of the time Connor's going out with friends anyway. But, you know, the girls will will pick a holiday movie to watch. And, uh, you know, and I don't know where I'm going with this now, but Home Alone. If, if we, whenever we choose that movie over the years, it's like we got to get pizza because for some reason yeah. it just triggers me when I see that pizza scene and the kids, <laughs> you know what I mean? But but anyway, so I do like Home Alone still Santa Claus. Now I'm now that I'm older, I don't I, you know, I mean, that was one of the cl- classics for us growing up for some reason. We're, we're pretty dorky, I guess, now that you can say that. But uh, I do like Elf. Um, we already mentioned Die Hard. And then, and the other one that I like is, uh, Christmas Vacation. I still get a kick out of that one. I have some, <laughs> some fond memories of that one. Um, that, that one will probably last a test of time, but anyway, though, I mean, those are things that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of, you know, we'll cherish that you know, the girls do enjoy, um, you know, Friday nights where we, where we do watch a movie and things like that. But, but anyway, as we, uh, as we transition into, into the new rank, um, did you want to talk a little bit about the half marathon from your perspective a little bit and how we, how it was for you? And then what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think for me from a half marathon, perspective,
1: uh, it was my second one and it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was really a ton of fun. I think that we got really good weather. Uh, it was a really good course, a little bit hilly. uh had you know trained thoroughly um but i think that it's amazing how much you know running in my opinion at least running long miles is more mental in a lot of ways than physical and experience plays a lot you know so having had done one in the past and have prepared and run longer miles i kind of knew you know what my pace was and whether I could push it or whether that would exhaust me whether I would get too tired so I think my overall assessment was that I was happy that when I I basically started and after the first mile I was at a decent pace was able to maintain that for almost 10 miles and only started to hit a wall kind of towards the end a little bit but then by then you're like if I stop it's going to take longer (laughs) so (laughs) run but at no time did I feel like, you know, ew, I hate this and I really wish it was over. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, the cool weather can be nice, you know, layering up, um, you know, in this internal battle, you know, there's not any comparison between the people that you're running. You know, you're not running against anybody. It's very personal. Um, so I think those are, those are the elements that are, are, are really good. And when you run more miles, you understand, okay, like, you know, a 5K is, um, you know, becomes more manageable. Like, no matter what your physical stature is, you're like, oh, I, you know, I can run that. It's only going to take me 30 minutes or whatever on a bad day or on a good day, you know, and, um, and it will be and good to go. So it's – I was happy because it kind of reignited the flame of wanting to do more of them because, you know, I have had done one – you know, with Sam, my wife, she's done a bunch of them and we've always liked to run together, but she's had a lot of back injuries and back problems and stuff. So we had always planned on running this one because she's done it before. And now it's kind of like, oh, you know, this is a good way to, you know, have a goal to do something in the springtime to prepare for and
0: stay in good shape for because it's, it's, it's very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was I was impressed with with both of you guys and in um, the race and just so everybody knows, we did raise a little bit of money. We didn't raise enough <laughs> that Danny had to run it in full hockey equipment. Um, but we, but we, you know, thank you thank to the people. Thank God. No. Yeah. <laughs> thank you uh, to everybody that did donate, and um, it was a very a very special. Uh, day for, for me personally that I, I'll share some insight into that. But I, I like I said, I was impr- I was impressed with the both of you guys. Um, you know, especially Sam's four, four or five months away from back surgery and getting, getting her moving out there. That was, you know, impressive. Um, and the fact that you guys didn't train a ton either, it was impressive how well, you know, you guys had done. So, um, well done.
1: Well, yeah, it was funny. I was at... I do martial arts, and I was talking to a guy, and, and I told him I'm like it's it's a testament to uh, the training that we get, you know, at martial arts because it's obviously vastly different. But you know, your 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 stamina is in good shape because you're con- you know you're constantly fatigued. So you know, I wasn't worried about endurance. And then with the amount of leg kicks and things like that that you do, your your legs are in a certain level of of fitness. Obviously, not really akin to necessarily running a ton of miles, but um they were clearly good enough to kind of hold up um so that was kind of a good part of where i was at and felt like okay if i have good leg strength mixed with good endurance you should be able to run some version of uh, of of a decent pace and a decent amount of miles yeah. um especially where even my at my first half marathon i didn't train too much either it was like a very shortened time frame i had done a triathlon like a week before it and stuff. So I knew I could at least do it. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah I was talking to this guy and he was he said that he runs you know like three miles like a day on top of like martial arts and and still hits the gym and I'm like geez (laughs) I need to I need to work out more.
0: Does he have any
1: kids? (laughs) No. No he doesn't have any kids. And his wife works like evening so he goes almost every night because he has nothing else to do. So I can definitely empathize like with that, because Sam used to work evenings back in the day. So I I can think, you know, and I would go to Planet Fitness a lot. So, you know, but yeah, I think like, I was happy with myself. And I think obviously for you, you know, I think, you know, you did an amazing job, especially from a training perspective. (laughs) You know, I think that was that was Because I think it's easy to always think like, oh, it's X amount of days away or it's a month away. And then you kind of like, at least I'm a bad procrastinator. So, and then all of a sudden two weeks hit and you're like, well, I can only work out. I could only run, you know, every other day. And then I'm going to have to rest (laughs) a few days before I train. (laughs) So I'm not tired. So So at least, you know, Kyle took the good approach and started to train like eight or nine, 10 weeks as far as actual running. You know, um, and you ran like two days after the half marathon, so <laughs> making me look bad there too. <laughs> no.
0: Well, yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a process with that for that for that race for sure. But uh, I mean, this this story, Danny, goes back even even further. So, um, and thank you for that. It's it's so I I always tell people that I would never ever characterize myself as a as a runner. Um, you know, and like, like you said, though, you know, you do are doing martial arts, different type of training. So you do have some endurance, you know what I mean? But it, so I, it's not like you didn't do anything for this guy, this, for this run. But for me, I would never, ever consider myself a runner because as you, as you know, growing up playing hockey, we did a lot of sprint, sprint training. I think the most mileage that I ever ran when I was in college that we had to do over the course of the summer was a two mile run. So I don't even know if that what that tells you because, like, a lot of my training was a lot of sprints, 40-yard, 50-yard dashes, 100-yard dashes. I don't even know what they were nowadays, but that's sort of what it was. So for me, the reason – how I got into running is, is as <laughs> – there's a long time joke between my brother and I that is, you know, between you and me, Danny. That uh, you know, I always said that I wanted to get really big and heavy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is so uh. stupid, by the way. But for some reason, in my mind—I thought I'd be like really, because growing up, I could never put on a pound. Like I was just a skinny, skinny, scrawny kid that just couldn't put on weight. And as a hockey player, like I really had to fight for every ice time that I had because I was so undersized so undersized it's not even funny there's a picture that dad has of me playing at Suffolk University with I'm next to a kid I'm probably older than this kid but I look like a peanut compared to him just, <laughs> just by the sheer you know by the side of it so you know, fast forward. the The joke was is that I wanted to get really fat and overweight and be like, "Wow, what happened to that guy?" and then and then lose all the weight <laughs> and say, "Wow, that guy looks really good." So, uh, by the way, it, it's the stupidest thing. Don't ever do that because it's very difficult to start losing weight. So, as time goes on, I mean, over the last, you know, obviously with with Aaron, we've had we had three girls over the course. You know, we have a five year old, we have a four year old, and then we have a two year old. So as Erin put on weight for the pregnancies, I, I went along with her and then <laughs> she dropped the weight and then I continued to remain at a bigger weight. So earlier this year, one of my main goals was I wanted to lose about, you know, 30 pounds, 25 to 30 pounds and try to get back into shape. So I started running um, and you already know this story, but what my very first run took place back in March and the goal was I was going to run one mile. And that was it. That's all I was focused on. Well, guess what? I couldn't run the mile. I think you already know this, but I, I actually had to walk and jog. When I got in the house, I was so out of shape, so out of breath that I had to go upstairs and get my inhaler because I couldn't breathe, you know, and that's how, that's how bad it was. And, yeah. and, you know, but I stuck with it. So, and I would just keep, keep, I would just keep going every single day. Doing that, walking, jogging, walking, jogging. So fast forward to you know, I'm finally losing weight. You and I have talked a lot about intermittent fasting. For those of that don't know intermittent fasting, it's when you don't eat for a certain period of time. That also helped lose weight. I cut out carbs, all that jazz, and I still remain pretty stringent on the intermittent fasting. I, I don't usually eat till you know the second half of the day, whatnot. But anyway, just to t- to a quick story, Dean, that you can chime in on ears as couple of stories I have about training for the half marathon that I have to tell you is the, when you're preparing for it, you're right. It's you, you, you hit it on the head. It's a mental grind. It really, it, it, it's a grind when you're running and you, and you start to learn that you're running distances, but long story short, it there was one night that I had done a uh, speed run where the speed run is you do, you do eight minutes at your 10 K pace. Then you do four minutes at your 3k at your 5k pace and then you do two minutes at your um oh what is it two minutes at your one mile pace and i was using nike run club app which was really i had told you it helped me to become a better runner not that i'm the greatest runner now but it, it definitely helped me improve but you had to do that cycle three times and you did have a break where you could just basically jog at a very light pace in between those so I was doing that run one night and I get back and I, I'm getting close to home and <laughs> I'm running through the center of Chelmsford at this point, And there's a Fox on the other side of the road and he's coming down at me. So I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to just stay my course? You know, as a, you know, it's just a Fox, you know, it's no big deal. So anyway, I'm looking at the Fox and there's a car coming, there's a car coming behind me with their lights and I'm going along, and all of a sudden the, the the fox goes off the side, and immediately as he goes off to the side of the road, I of course trip. You know, I got the, you know this guy, This guy must thought, what's this kid doing running? You know, it's like eleven o'clock at night. I trip, like I I had I stumbled. I'm doing the imitation, like I you know I caught myself as I was falling over and made it. But that same night, that same night of 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 seeing that fox, when I got back closer up, I ended up coming across a deer. It was like it was like just wildlife you know, that night. But uh, I have a lot of interesting stories about running that um, I won't share tonight. But, you know, just the grind of, you know, running and preparing, mentally preparing, it really was quite a journey. So um, like I said, uh, you know, there was one other night too. Sorry, I'd go off on this tangent. I, by the way, Danny, when you run, do you run with traffic or against it? Because I don't know the answer to that.
1: Um, so usually we have always run like against traffic, against traffic so that you can see the car coming and so that you basically are not,
0: you know, hindering the people, the car behind you. Okay. So I'm definitely not a good runner at night then. And, and nowadays you know? it's so dark out. It's so dark early that you can't, but anyway, so one, like overall, there's a beautiful trail trail where i
1: live that runs like 25 or 30 miles so we basically just try to get to the trail and then- um, or we run up in maine or something like that because in general the beauty of living near a trail that's unpaved is it's so much better on your feet and your joints um and that's a huge positive when you're running um so that's mostly where we run because it's completely flat and you can run you know as far as you want because it goes you know 20, 30 miles, 15 miles in each direction or something like yeah, that great. goes all through these towns.
0: That's, that's, that's great because, I mean, there is a trail that I, that I run on every once in a while, but um, if you already know this, I don't like running the same thing over and over again. I get bored with that. So yeah. the, re- the reason why I asked you is one night I took off. It was late at night again, as always. As people know, I like running at night. I don't know why, but I do. I seem to go, I think I'm going faster. I might not be, but I'm running with the traffic. And you know where I live, there's like this area with, I'm talking my hand. So there's this area that is, it's just pitch black for about 150 yards where there's no street light. So when you run through there, you don't really think much about it. So that one night I was running through there, I kid you not, on the other side of the road, there's a silhouette of a person, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, there's definitely someone over there. And I have my headphones in, I had a hat on. You know, and not only that, I'm not dressed properly because I got a lot of dark clothes on. I mean, I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's not it's not very bright. But anyway, as I'm running, there's no vehicles around. But I see the silhouette of a person. And I'm like, I'm like, what is that? You know, what, what's going on on that left side? And so I start running. And as I get closer to it, I realize it's actually a person all dressed in black like me. <laughs> walking, training for a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> he, definitely, <laughs> he definitely, he definitely was not training. He was definitely not trained, but, but just, he just—he was just walking. So I actually waved to him. I didn't get any response. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep going on my route that I was—I knew the route that I was going to go down. I jogged to the end of end of the road where there's this church actually, and I run around the church parking lot. And and again, this was one of the lighter runs. So anyway, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back. But again, I'm not running against the traffic. I'm running with the traffic. So I'm running, and there's not many cars out because it is, it is fairly late at this point. So I keep going back, and all of a sudden, I'm in a good rhythm. I have my head up. I'm looking forward. There's that same damn silhouette right in front of me. And I'm like, there's somebody in front of me. There's someone coming at me. So I, I continue. Like I said, there's no cars behind me at this point. I just keep running. You know, I'm just drawing, drawing along. And I'm like, slowly but surely, you know how your eyes adjust in the dark that you can start to pick up on things? This silhouette moves a little bit to my left. And I'm like, what is going on with this, this guy? So, I, and again, he was standing in that area where it's just completely dark. And so, I just kept going. I went right by him. I said hello to him again no response it was the weirdest <laughs> thing that was probably one of the strangest things but like like when and then of course as as i had my back to, as i had my back to him like you know should i just you know maybe i should pick up the pace because you know maybe he's gonna run me your mind goes crazy anyway which <laughs> yeah it, yeah not, none of that happened so anyway it was it was just a weird it, it was such an eerie thing of seeing someone kind of just like I said this was a real person not a ghost or anything like that this was a real person you know it was not a figment of my imagination and uh but that was one of the craziest runs that i had um and again uh, to some people you know like running with a partner i mean i've invited erin to run with me but she's uh you know she's not really in the running mood yet although she can she used to do cross country so i have no doubt she could do very well but um but yeah, that, that was a that was a mental grind for me. Sorry, I'm I'm rambling on about these stories. But was there any part of that of that race where you were like, yeah, um, you felt really good, or you felt like I really have to push through this mentally and physically? Um, it was pretty. It's uh, I mean, I think I uh, the approach
1: that I took was almost to try to kind of like that, you know, that that flow state that they try to. You know, they say you should try to get in into in into endurance and things like that, which so like it was this idea that you know, I had read this book, How bad do you want it by by a well-known like runner and things like that, or um endurance. And some some of the things that you try to lean on is sometimes they try to talk about like thinking about um doing it for somebody else can be a motivator like not in a pressure kind of way Mm -hmm. but like when you feel like you're running for a loved one or a family member or for like our organization and even just the idea that the you can run you know and there could be one person watching the trail you know was kind of a motivator where you're like oh you know you want to show the other person's keeping up the pace and um and so that was um really my thought process was Basically, every time I would hear in my mind, you know, in my head that it was or my earpiece that it was, you know, mile two, I would get a little bit of a jolt of energy, probably at like two and a half miles, I would start to be like, okay, the length of the song is XYZ, I'm gonna, you know, now I have to fight a little bit to get to the third mile. But I felt like I knew how to take on the hills and to keep my pace. So I didn't get too down on myself to feel like oh my god i have to stop and walk right here it was more like okay my legs feel pretty good they're my quads are tightening up a little bit um, and that didn't happen too early i think if my legs started to hurt at mile three when i know that i was expecting them to hurt at nine based on my experience i would have struggled but where the first mile like literally when they're the first mile was like nine twenty-three pace i was like oh wow I could keep this up you know maybe I can even do a little bit faster mile at the end you know and and in some ways it trended in the other direction where some of those hills could knock you know a decent amount of seconds off and if you trained even a decent amount the hills wouldn't have been as big of a factor they weren't like really big and steep it was like not super steep but for a really long period of time so then you just really had to like judge your body and things like that so um i think the mixture of you know running it on behalf of like the rink or things like that running along with you know sam she's a good pace setter and things like that um it worked out well i will say that the half marathon that we did, I think she might have had some music playing, but we kind of just talked and, and 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 had a good time. Yeah. I will say that yeah. this race, headphones in, don't think I would have been able to do it without music. Okay. You know, because it would have been like I would have gotten too much in my head. Uh, I think, even though I think I had a pretty good idea where I'm like, okay, I just ran a 5K. Yes, I have to do this like four more times, but just get to the halfway point, see
0: how I feel. And then I know I can run at home, you know. Yeah, um, for, for sure. I mean, what was funny about running with you guys? So, you right before the race started, you said to me, he "Goes, we might run together. We might not. I might have to stick with Sam." And I'm like, "Whatever <laughs> you need to do, don't worry." And and mentally, Danny, I was ready to run on my own because that's usually how I run, right? Mentally, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're so used to running by yourself anyway. So, but anyway, I mean, this was comical for me because we all, we took off, the three of us took off together. We get to the first mile, we <laughs> finish the first mile together, but what was funny about this whole situation is you guys had your headphones in and I actually, unfortunately, I packed the wrong headphones for the day. So I have a problem with headphones as it is. I lose them. They don't fit my ears. It's just a, it, when I run, they bounce out. It, so I had the worst ones that you could possibly have. The, it's the, it was the, the, uh, the earphones that come with your iPhone
1: um yeah. so
0: this it's basically worthless and you were like yeah just tie it around your neck and all that and i and i i, got well, I was saying if
1: excited. you loop it, around your ear, loop it around your ear then sometimes the pressure of you running actually the, the tension it's, goes on the tight. ear you got instead it. of like right on the ear piece you got and it. it's you know it's like 50 percent effective
0: it wasn't <laughs> i couldn't even like focus on doing that while i was running so and even even when i was drinking water is running that's a whole new skill that i have to learn mm, I, yeah you know, it's it a while over on my yeah. face you know but anyway so we 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 get to the first mile, and, and you were right. That was a quick pace. So so too, we all got to have the have the first mile together, which was great. High five. We start going. Somehow I got caught up in this little bit of a, of a grouping, but that's not really what happened. Dan and Sam pick up their pace. Okay, so she picks up her pace. You pick up your pace. All of a sudden, I'm behind by probably about – I want to say I was behind you guys for about uh, – it wasn't that far, but it was enough to be like, so when you guys took off at like a mile and a half, two things happened. Number one, I missed the second mile marker. I had no idea where we were at this point, zero. And <laughs> you know, when you're running a, a race like that, when you pass a mile, it can give you a psychological boost. You're like, okay, I just made yeah. it. And I, and from my training, you know, when I had run 12 and a half, 10 and a half miles or 12 and a half, 10 miles, eight miles, when I had done that training, the, the beginning of the of my runs were always the hardest because I was always thinking about how much further I had to run so all of a sudden you guys take off and, and it's not like you just were flying it was more like you <laughs> gradually picked up your pace I got caught back which is totally fine and in my head I'm like I'm gonna these guys these guys you know Dan and Sam they haven't they haven't trained for this and yet they're <laughs> blowing me out of the water okay they're just they're so far ahead of me so so anyway because you know just a little bit of a distance can sometimes you out uh, over the course of a long race you know you could be potentially so in my head danny i started fighting with myself i'm like we didn't train hard enough we should train harder <laughs> this is this is ridiculous you know and in the whole time as we're running you know i'm not taking in the terrain at all because i know that we have to come back but i'm not taking in the terrain and i'm watching you guys run and i'm like i finally got into this rhythm i'm like remember run your own race Run your pace. You're going to pick it up naturally as you go. Just run your race. So finally, like I'm like they're running at a good clip. I'm like at that point, I'm like I just don't want to be way behind you guys. You know, that's <laughs> a big thing, right? So what ended up happening though is as we got closer, as you guys you guys were running really really well, um, I could hear you guys talking because you were so loud with your headphones in, which is which was <laughs> too. So anyway, what ended up happening was you already know this, Sam at a, around mile four and a half, Sam had to pull off to, to stretch her calves, right? Because she was tightening up a yeah. little bit. And yeah. I, I finally caught up to you guys. I patted you on the back. And this is what's going through my head right now. Do I do I wait for Sam? Do I run with my brother for a little while and just run with him? He's probably going to slow up for Sam. And then I don't know what happened. I just kept going. <laughs> I just really <laughs> kept going and i saw my Got out of the cannon yeah i just i saw mile five and next thing you know <laughs> like i can hear you in the back of me a little bit by me you're like sam my brother just passed us and she's like <laughs> she's like get out <laughs> So I'm like, that made me laugh in my head because I'm like, they they must have thought I was like way back (laughs) there, you know, like way back there. Well, yeah,
1: Because like you said, like you said, it almost felt like, okay, well, if we were gaining, if we were gaining, say, 15, 30 seconds, you might build on that lead and it becomes insurmountable, kind of like what happened with us when you then got ahead of us, it became like we'd actually have to be running faster at mile faster. 9, which wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but I think that the shock the shock was definitely this idea that, like, you were a lot closer, because I, like, wasn't looking behind, because, yeah, no. you wanted to just focus on your run. Yeah. But then literally, like, Sam stopped, and not 15 seconds later, some guy's pat me on the back. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Hey, you were right there? <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, it, it, like, in my head, you had told me I can run five miles. I should be able to run five, no, my five miles, no problem. But after that, it, it could be a guessing game from there on out. So, so anyway, as I, as I went by you, and I started laughing. But miles five through ten were one of the best runs that I've ever had because I was in such a rhythm and such a zone that I wish I could always go back to that run like that because I ran so confidently and in my own mind, I just, it it felt like all the training was coming together. And you and I had chatted about this after the race is that when we got to mile 10, remember those two ladies that were holding the sign that said five K to go. I remember seeing them and being like, being like, okay, I only have a five K to go. I'm like, this is, this is awesome. Maybe, maybe I could start shooting for two hours and five minutes. You know, that's like, that was where I was thinking my head was going right. And I'm like, just make sure that you have a lot to save when you're, you know, you're running by your wife at the end of the race, <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to just make sure you have it. So, So, but anyway, again, my mental struggles that, that, were, that I was fighting myself at the beginning of the race came back to haunt me because at by, about mile 10 and a half, it seemed like the hills were getting more frequent and the duration was going, it felt like we were going back uphill for the majority of the last three miles for me. I don't know if you felt yeah. that way. Right. Well, I
1: knew it was going to be like that because the first few miles, I think the reason that we yes. did well early on was it was a lot
0: of downhill and down Sam road. seemed to
1: be able to have like a faster pace downhill yep. Yep. almost without like exerting too much energy, which we seemed to want to pick up miles or time at that point. Absolutely. So yeah, then coming back. Yeah. The only time I had an existential crisis and it wasn't even that bad, but it was definitely like, it was like, if that's not the dairy maid, <laughs> I'm going to die because <laughs> sam doesn't know gloucester or rockport that well so she had no idea i'm like we're only like 500 feet away like once we got past it yeah yep. <laughs> but like before that i was like that, that <laughs> that'd be the dairy need. well the the, in the
0: the the other the other part of this too danny is like i had when i trained i didn't drink a lot of water and you had given me those gatorade gummies shoes yep, yeah you to, to, i didn't even train with those although i, I still have them that i'm probably going to try but it was, it was that, like I said, through mile 10 through 13, my mind went to a place that was kind of dark. It was being like, how do people run 25 miles? How do they run a hat? How do they run a full marathon? How do people do yeah. ultra marathons? Am I ever gonna be able to run a marathon? And like it was a really, it was really this frustrating place. And on top of that, like when you're running up a hill, I did notice some people walking. And this is only for me, but I'm like, it this is just for me. I'm like, it doesn't count unless you do the full thing by, by jogging or running. You can't walk it. You just, you just can't do that. It doesn't count. And that was my, my goal was not to walk it. And so I'd be jogging up these hills and I'm like, you know, I, it would be in, I feel like, I feel like, okay, you're mentally strong. But then again, you would see, you would start to realize that. And for some reason, our grandmother came in my head and I was thinking about a road that I'm like, oh man, we still, I still, we still have to run up that hill. That's a, that's a, so you're like mentally, you're going through this, through the psychological thing and you're like, you're not going to make the time that you thought you might be progressing to. You're going to be close. I mean, I still beat my time that I had trained for, which was great. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is there was a time where like in the other thing too, I don't know if you feel this way, but I grabbed water. I was hoping it would give me just a little bit of a psychological boost. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't, it didn't give me any energy. Maybe if I tried the Gatorade or that they had, maybe that would have helped. But for me, there was, there was, there was no, you know, my mind was in such a place of like, okay, now I'm getting tired. And then my, I knew this was going to happen. My left in, in, in step has been a problem all through the past couple of months. Um, and you know, that ankle, I've had problems with that left, but I knew that pain was coming, but then my right one, act, so I was actually getting mentally and physically tired. And I think my only thing that I that I want to work on for next time is is I want to be able to finish a half marathon a little bit stronger. I want to feel like I could run more and not be like oh man I'm I'm beat. But uh, it was still a yeah. great day. I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish. Um, I I plan on going back to that one next year, and I, I told you I plan on doing the one in May. So um, yeah, but but anyway, it was it was a great day. It was it was such a learning a learning experience. But if you like mental grinds you know run a half marathon because and and like i said i don't know if we'll ever get to the point of running a marathon dan but i i I mean i want to say that's in the realm of possibility at this point you know and
1: yeah uh, it's definitely tough to say i think one thing uh, that i definitely had started research on that i want to do more more research on
0: that would be a way to raise
1: money for our organization is to get you know a bib on behalf of young legends and then somebody can run the boston marathon like and they basically we would have stipulations like you have to raise five thousand yeah. dollars and you have to and then you get to run and then you get a spot in the half mar- in the in the in the Boston Marathon, um, and okay. yeah I, I I if Sam says that she wants I think she kind of has it on her bucket list that she wants to run you know that she would like to say that she completed a marathon um, and if she was into it, then I'd probably say, yeah, I'll think about it or <laughs> I'll do it, you know, <laughs> Right. because it is something right. that would be cool to do. And, but like you said, it's kind of like you have to train well enough to feel like 13 miles is your warm-up. Right. Right. Exactly. You exactly. know, and that's, what's kind of weird. Like I used to work with one of my really good friends who I don't work with anymore, but like, he would run like 16 miles every Saturday with his group and he could run a really fast marathon and half marathon. So, but like, that's a big commitment just for the amount of hours that it takes to train. That's why I feel like it's more, would be more years away. Like when the kids are older and things like that, it's a time commitment. Yeah. Um, it's but it's commitment. probably similar to the half marathon where I used to run five K's and feel like it was killing me. And it felt like this distant, possible, not even a possibility Then all of a sudden you run one and you're like, Oh yeah, you know, I could run many of those and, I'd probably run a 10 k over a five k um, yeah. you know I you know nowadays and things like that, so it's a definitely very interesting mindset shift yeah. Um, but yeah, one thing I wanted to ask you was how what was your thoughts when the leaders were are were rounding the course
0: long, long before <laughs> like you know <laughs> so that's an interesting question because my thought was like a part of me during on the race day it was that's cool that's really cool that you're doing that and you're able to run this thing like i I was thinking about it like i think the the earliest time was like an hour and 19 minutes which i was like at an hour and 19 minutes i still had (laughs) not gone to the halfway point yet (laughs) i may have i don't know um I, but I, it was kind of like for me, it was just I was ignoring, <clears throat> I was ignoring it because I was trying, like you already know, I was trying to get in this mindset that I'm running my own race and nothing else matters. But there's always that part of me where you're like, wow, that's really cool. I wish I could do that. That yeah. that's hard work. And then you know, what I mean, like I, I was more impressed than anything, but it didn't really motivate me to run faster. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely just cool. like fascinating. You know, I think like you know, if if you know,
1: if people are if you if if you're aware of the book, this is probably a bad summarization but if you're familiar with the sports gene it's almost like literally to sum it up in five seconds it's actually a lot in the the running world because it's all about this idea of like do you have the genes to be able to run that fast and there's not and it's kind of like there are certain sports that genetics play a huge role but it's really in those niche ones like running and stuff like that so in some ways you could walk away from the book saying yeah you know if i resort to you know, 10,000 hours and things like that, that's still the gospel, but running in particular is definitely like, I don't have the body to run it. I mean, I was just happy to run the half marathon. almost like 20 pounds, like heavier than my last one. Mm -hmm. And it's a mixture of, of, of muscle and, you know, needing to trim a little bit of weight, but, um, I have a, you know, shorter, legs and longer torso and none of it is akin to running you know to being like say like a five minute miler or whatever these people run yeah one of my thoughts is like go run a marathon and sam's like well that's because this is their warm-up they're probably running the half marathon to warm up for a while i go that makes sense you know because i'm not really privy to you know how they how they do train to go that fast i think for me i'd like to go faster in the um triathlon world you know the people that do triathlons it's only usually if you do a sprint it's only five miles it's a it's a it's a it's a um 5k at the end and you'd really like to get a good time and say run run the 5k very quickly and i haven't at least up to now been in really good enough shape to then have ran you know swam biked and then run in you know really strong yeah um, which like to your point the idea of finishing a half marathon strong similar to finishing a, a triathlon or even doing a an olympic triathlon which is um a 10k at the end but
0: that's after like a marathon on the bike and a mile swim so yeah yeah, I, I, you know, I, I wonder if that's on my uh, vision list for 2022, Dan, is to put that on there, to a triathlon. I know there's one in Amesbury, Mass, that looks a little bit easier as your as my first one. I don't know if you know which one that is, but uh, I, did, uh, I did. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, they definitely have, it's talking, talking about one. standards with, you know, ball hockey,
1: There, it's kind of like that in triathlon. You can easily do one where the bike is only 10 miles, and sometimes I've done ones that are 13 miles. Yeah. or you know 15 miles and you're like none of it exactly makes sense but they're maybe they're just beholden to the course and the area uh but the yeah sometimes the swim is less it's usually measured in like meters and stuff and it'll be like you know 20 200 meters less than a different one um yeah. the run is usually pretty consistent it's usually a 5k or a 10k uh, that, but i think to start i've always been interested in doing a uh, I, I'm, uh an Olympic triathlon ra- uh, relay, where like oh, you, God. you know, dad, dad always put himself in the bucket <laughs> to maybe do the run. I'm like, well, Sam's the runner, so like she could do the six, you know, the she could do the 10k. I could do the swim, and you could do the bike, like yeah, or something like that. But some version, yep, of sure. that is kind of just a fun idea.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's In a good general, start. just to start. Um, but the, the only know. thing that when you, you had asked me about, you know, this kind of goes along with that, with a triathlon too, is the idea that, uh, you mentioned the people running back when you're still running out. What frustrated me the most of my last three miles of that, of that, re, of that half marathon was the fact that there were, that there were people passing me that I felt like had no business to pass me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean but I don't know how you felt Dan it felt like there was more women running that than there were men and and like I said some of the, some of the women that were past me I'm like wow you got you're doing great because here I am struggling the last three miles you know trying to get those hills really could have took kind of took it to me and, and and that's what I think like um that's what's always interesting to you and me is like how do you get into the zone and then stay in the zone for the entire race whereas you know what I mean and that's where I think my training for the next one will, will be mainly focusing on making sure that I do more than just one 12, 12 and a half run, uh, one 10 mile. I think, I think I'll do more of those just so I can build up that last endurance to finish better. Um, but, but anyway, this, this uh, we've kind of gone into an area where you and I always have a lot of interest on, on that mental toughness building, how it relates to ball hockey. Because I feel like now that I've run a half marathon – that's great for my endurance, but even, even when you step and try to play ball hockey, it's kind of like, well, I got to sprint. Now I got to be able to sprint and keep my endurance up. So um, I'm, I'm really interested to see how that translate, tra- how the running translates into, um, you know, when, when we start playing again. Um, yeah. So. And actually before we wrap up here, I do want to say that we are going to give away one of our half marathon run for the rink shirts. We have limited amounts. So um, I think the best way, if the first person that we find that just message us on, we'll just say Facebook. Yeah, we'll just say Facebook. I will get you the shirt. You just need to give us your address, and I'll follow up with you, and I'll send you one. We have white and blue. We don't have many left. We don't have many left, but I will. that will be our first giveaway on the Street Hockey Life podcast. It will be a, a Young Legends half marathon shirt. And you can pretend you ran it. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Right now. So anyway, I know we've been at it for a little while. Um, Did you, is there anything else you wanted to to talk about tonight? Let the people know. Um, Any last thoughts for 2021? Yeah, I think that's, I
1: think that's pretty much it. I think obviously, you know, it's a, you know, happy and safe holidays, uh, you know, going into the future um I've always told this to Kyle I'm not a big fan of um uh, new year's resolutions uh because I feel like you know trying to uh from a personal growth standpoint you know it should be kind of a, a a constant evaluation you know throughout the year um you know so um but if it is the new year that you know at least helps start things like training for a half marathon or a new skill or a hobby or reading more or things like that then it's it is a good opportunity but i think it's also you know it's it's important i think to you know throughout the year always trying to figure out okay how am i trying to uh, be a better husband be a better father be a better you know employee um and you know and work on it in a way that makes you happy obviously you don't do these things for other people it's about trying to figure out you know how you can better yourself and um obviously sports athletics working out kind of kills two birds with one stone it helps you with your mental health but then also helps you get physically better to then be able to progress and do the things that you know you want to do um as well so um I think that's the the focus is, you know, going into the new year. And then as we had touched on, I think maybe we you know, we could possibly do another uh, an actual podcast on an outdoor rink. But what we we might just do we should just do some some YouTube videos or something like that, you know, for people because okay. it would be nice if people share their rinks and stuff like that if if people obviously it's a limited season. I would shoot more for February and things like that, but especially in mass, yeah. Um, I'd like I'd be interested to see if other people put up rinks and stuff.
0: Yeah, I would too. I mean, maybe we shoot. Uh, you know, maybe we film some of us putting your rink together down there and seeing some of the <laughs> challenges we faced last year. We had, you know, building up one side with like uh
1: plywood, foam board. Yeah, foam well, we yeah. I
0: still have. I still have
1: it <laughs> and a little bit more i think you know two inch foam board on one side patio cushions it was oh yeah and then crazy. i had that crap i had that oh yeah that that extra plywood from my subfloor in my basement uh, yeah that's
0: right yeah <laughs> we, we had a great we had a good time did dan dan's son tyler was there too so uh we had a, we had a we had a good time it, was, it will always be a, a great memory but yeah, I mean, Dan, just to reiterate what you said, I mean, 2021, when I look back on the year, I mean, I started off with, uh, as many people knew, many people don't know this, but I actually started off unemployed after, you know, um, after a position of mine was eliminated. And, you know, it's crazy because I had moved back to Massachusetts and, you know, now I'm, you know, back working full-time. You know, a lot of, a lot of great things have happened to me this year. I mean, I have got to play in Pittsburgh. I got to play in Florida. I got to play in Philly. got to play at home in Gloucester um you know the league the rink development uh you know my kids are healthy everybody in my family's healthy which is you know knock on wood we'll hope, hope that streak i i do feel like i'm that we are truly blessed and uh you know 2021 is a it will always be a special year because we, we started this rink project we, we started this podcast and um know so a lot to be grateful for and uh, looking forward to 2022 i i sometimes wonder how how am i going to top all this that i did this year but i keep reminding myself that like you said as (laughs) even though i do write down my new year's resolution i do believe like like you that personal development is something that you work on on a on a on a daily basis and um so i'm i'm looking forward to switching the calendar over a little bit (laughs) and uh i'm excited and Um, you know, to to everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. We we appreciate you more than anything. It's always great to have people listening. And you're always welcome to reach out to Dan and I on Facebook or through mostly through Wild Street Hockey or Young Legends Street Hockey because that's where we it's the easiest way to get in touch with us most of the time um through Facebook. But uh we will have that giveaway. I'm very excited just to give something away. (laughs) (laughs) Um but anyway, it's been a it's been a great year and uh last as as Dan said, I wish you guys all a, a happy holidays. Merry Christmas, you know, and a good new year because um, hopefully big things to come, Dan, right? Yep. You know, big things Big to rinks,
1: man. No. <laughs> big
0: rinks, too, yeah. And uh, like I said, um, as always, thanks for listening. We, we do appreciate that. It's, it's, it's Sometimes it's fun. We didn't talk a lot about ball hockey tonight, but uh, we talk a lot about how ball hockey's had me, helped me run a half marathon. So anyway, we will see you next time. We'll see you next year. Again, have a great holiday and um, take care. Bye, everybody. Bye.